0: Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the CollectingCars.com podcast with Chris Harris and Edward Lovett.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Collecting Cars podcast. Um, You can't see where I'm sitting here with Edward Lovett, that's at Edward Lovett on Twitter and Instagram, but I'm sitting currently in a pub car park in a 1986 BMW E28 M5, my M5 to be exact, um, because we couldn't be in London and it's Friday and we couldn't be bothered to get stuck in London, so we're sitting in a car park in Wiltshire, fair enough?
0: Uh, Fair, I'm slightly disappointed that we can't sit in the pub and have a pint of Guinness, but uh, you said it'd be too noisy in there.
1: Well, I think so. And also, people would think we looked a bit weird holding microphones and with a Zoom recorder in between us. So We do look a bit weird. As, as we are well, sitting in a car park, at least we can't be accused of dogging, can <laughs> we? Because the, the glass is clear, no one's flashing any lights, and we're holding <laughs> microphones. I suppose they could be misconstrued as sort of sex toys, couldn't they? Um, from, from your
0: experience, do you need tinted windows for dogging? Or? Yeah, the
1: dogging, the dogging glass helps, hence the reason it's called dogging glass. But it's all about the flash of the lights and whether it's safe to approach. I um, think
0: that um, bus stop off the Bath Junction is quite good for it, isn't it? I used, someone who used to work for me. Uh, I Yeah, think that's used it. To, but always,
1: always, <laughs> always attribute it to a third person. That story. The um, okay. So as we do sometimes begin the podcast, we're gonna have a little gas about um, what we've done over the last week, and um, and then we're gonna talk a little bit about collecting cars, the website itself, because we've given you great podcasts so far. Now it's time probably just to remind you of what we're up to um, with, the, with the with the auction site. Uh, and then we'll have a little chinwag about some of Edward's history with cars he's owned and traded, because I love trader stories. We can talk talk to him about the X5 that turned out to not be the X5 he thought it was going to be. Thank Uh, you. um, So my last week's been very interesting. So this is the last week build-up for me before uh, the first episode of Top Gear goes live on Sunday, so you'll be hearing this after that. So I hope it's gone down well. I've been doing lots of press and PR and all that sort of stuff. I was on the... Steve Wright radio show. Now, that means nothing to many people, but for me, growing up, the age I am, Steve Wright kind of was the voice of radio in the UK, so to actually sit in a room with him and listen to him and watch the way he operates was fascinating. I mean, he is the consummate radio broadcaster. You went in, 20 minutes, asked all the right questions, nailed it, and then moved on. I mean, it was like a conveyor belt of... of quality so that was very interesting
0: did you have your sidekicks in there with you
1: i have one of my sidekicks because the other one's in portugal currently holidaying himself or trying to de-orange himself cause that's <laughs> what paddy needs to do so paddy paddy is basically sending lots of photographs of himself lying on boats getting drunk at the moment which is i suppose what i'd be doing as well car wise well this has been a very interesting week for me um i had my um my friends down at rally prep that's at rally underscore prep on instagram and twitter um, spend the whole of the winter looking after my beloved E28 M5, and we're sitting in it now. Cosmetically, she's she's a bit of a rough old boat, 134,000 miles now, but I've had the top of the engine done, and I've had all of the suspension rebuilt, rebushed. It's just a joyous, joyous car. So I thought, great idea, roll it out in June, because E28s are known to be a bit rusty, and they're like, like oxidising the moment that the uh, the rain comes out. And, of course... I've just chosen to use it in the week that it's just lashed it down. Every, every time I come out, the car is dripping wet and I'm worried that it's going to bubble up and something's going to go wrong. But at the moment, it hasn't missed a beat. It's done nearly a 1,000 miles in a week with me and it's an utterly joyous way of motoring, I have to say.
0: It looks brilliant and it doesn't, It you know, it, it sort of could be 10 years old. There's a lot of buttons in here.
1: There's, they all work though. Look, there's, I'll do a head, You can't see this, but my headrest is going up and down electrically. Very good. Um, it's a We've got a rear sunshade. The Garshing lot that made these really knew what they were doing. So it's hand built. They basically stuck a they took an M one engine, wedged it in an E twenty eight five series, and a, an a, an entire genre of car was born. So without this, there wouldn't be E 63s and Audi RS sixes. All, all those cars owe this thing for their existence, which I'm which I've always found fascinating. And to drive, what this must have felt like in 1985 when they were launched i mean every other family car had 120 horsepower that was a fast car this had 286 i still it still feels quick today if you give this some tap you can keep with most fast stuff um obviously the the rest of it struggles to keep up sometimes and on a wet road hang on uh but it's a magical machine and a great place from which to podcast so i've been using this all week i've done loads of miles in it I've been up and back to London a zillion times. What else have I driven? I would a little go on my Aprilia Tuono, which is a great motorcycle. I had a go on that earlier in the week. Are you
0: still testing a uh, one of UK top ten no, selling cars? No,
1: we've 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 we kind of stopped that because I couldn't get hold of two of the top ten, and and um, we're going to resume it and go back to some ordinary cars. I think of all of them, it was the Golf, just the normal cooking. I had a Golf TDI that had 140 PS. It had too many toys on it. It was too expensive. But that was the best ordinary car I've driven all year. I still think the answer to most questions is Golf. Golf. I, 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 we were, we, we, need,
0: we need a pool car for the, the company at the moment. And I couldn't help myself but looking at a Golf and Googled Golf GTI uh, reviews. And it was your one in um, Portugal or Spain or somewhere
1: like that. They're, they're mega machines. Uh, I think the Golf does it all. A, a current Golf GTI... Just a five door dark blue with the you know, the the cloth trim and a with the Burberry gearbox. interior. Yeah, well you know you love the Burberry, <laughs> don't you? I think my ba- my favourite Burberry story, and I'm now gonna reference <laughs> the wonderful Johnny Smith who is at Car Pervert on uh, on Twitter was when they were at Max Power. Do you remember
0: that? <laughs> well, we had this I'm not sure we were recording when we had this conversation. Well, the uh, Cavalier a couple of weeks. the Cavalier. <laughs>
1: God almighty. What what genius thinking. When they're at Max Power, this is over to you, Johnny. And I know I'm going to come on your show at some point and we're going to discuss this again, but I I just hands up to the genius uh, of of taking a Cavalier, painting it Burberry colours and then parking it outside London's flagship Burberry store (laughs) with all of your caps on and calling it the (laughs) Cavalier. Burberry's lawyers turned up at Bauer Media to say we cannot be associated with with this. Was the car parked out the front? <laughs> they parked they, they, the Cavalier was parked outside the Chavalier. Um, so I I go Golf GTI is a I think you could do a podcast just on the Golf GTI because it's the it is the classless car isn't it? You can park a you can park a Golf GTI outside a stately home or on a council estate and it just makes no difference either way. Did you own a Mark 1? No, I never had a Mark 1. Did you, have you had one of those? No. I, no I, I've had a, I had a Mark II, an eight valve, which I thought was a great car. I And a lot of the, again, back the in The business
0: day, I was associated with uh, don't have uh, Volkswagen. Do they so not is, have VW? Uh, yeah, you, you not allowed you'd one. You'd be frowned. My mother did once ask if she could have a Beetle, and there was silence for about a month. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you had a Porsche dealership. I mean, that's the same thing, is a Beetle, isn't it? <laughs> Um, so the I had a Mark II, and back in the day, the two the two arguments that raged amongst people that cared about such things, and also the car magazines, was: Do you have a one point nine or 1.6 205 GTI, or do you have a sixteen valve or an eight valve Mark Mark II Golf? And this the this and these are definitive answers. Okay, I'm going to tell you how it is. I'm going to answer. This is like the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I'm going to give you the was answer. That, was the that a choice, drive.
0: sorry? An 8-valve and a 16-valve? Or yeah. was it a 16-valve, a, 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 a later car?
1: No, 16-valve and 8-valve at the same time. They were simultaneous. They were. You've totally okay. ruined my flow there. Okay, sorry. You've okay. literally spoiled my okay. flow. I got, to f- I got to peak phlegm then. Sorry. Okay. proceed. So, so here we go. So this is the answers, to the eternal hot hatch questions from the late 80s, early 90s. You wanted, wait for it, a 1.6 GTI Peugeot, because they really were a bit sweeter handling. And I think actually you wanted the 16-valve Golf because the Golf, that, it, when it came on cam at high revs, it was just that much quicker. So there we go. And I'm sure you'll all now write in or write comments saying I've been completely wrong and I'm happy to be wrong, but those are my opinions. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of the way the week's gone. It's not been too exciting. I'm obviously full of trepidation for Sunday, but we'll have to see what happens. You'll be listening to this after the event. Maybe I've been fired by then. Um the collecting cars has just completed its first round of auctions. It has. Um, and they're twenty four seven auctions, so they're they're always going. And and you've sold five cars? No,
0: in our first week of sales closing we, we finished with seven completed sales, which I was very happy with.
1: And and for me the key bit was the was the wheels, the F forty wheels. The F forty wheels, yeah. Set of rims. Yeah. And tires.
0: What about the F fifty? They wheels? sold to Luxembourg. F F fifty rims? F uh, fifty rims are
1: closing today. Um, do you reckon they might or not? Uh, they're going to sell for are sure. They? Yeah, brand new set of F fifty rims. I love the comment on collecting cars on Instagram. Which someone just wrote: Will they fit my Honda? Uh, we'll try. If <laughs> <laughs> you get the drill out. So yeah, that's that's about all the plugging I can do. I'm not I'm not a shameless plugger. I find it quite difficult, so I'm going to have to sidestep that. Ever will want to now come and sort of. Um, plug it further, but I'm we're leaving it there. You know it's there. Go and sign up. Have a look at the stuff. I can't stop looking. That 928 SE, I mean, that's a special car. I had dinner name drop with Derek Bell at Goodwood about two, three months ago and he was telling me about the story behind how, his, how he got his 928 because he was one of the few that had the SE, yeah. which is basically a right-hand drive club sport with a bit more spec on it. And he went there and they, I've got to get the story right, he went to meet his boss Porsche Motorsport and he only had a couple of years left and they 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 presented him with this car and said there you go there's, there's your new car company car for this year and it was one of these 928s an SE but they but he had to pay some rental on it I think it wasn't the sort of a freebie it was a this is the lease cost was it a PCP it probably was and I, I think to get this right Derek said well, well I'm sort of coming towards the end of my career I'm not sure I want to spend that much money on that car so I'll do you know what if it's all the same to you I'll leave it so a year later, he gets called up again to drive. I think he felt maybe his time was up, but he got another call up because he was a legend and they wanted him back. So he goes to have a meeting with the same boss and he looks out the back and there's this rather sad looking car under a tree covered in sap. He goes, what's that? And they say, well, that's... That's your nine eleven sorry, that's your nine two eight that you never
0: took last year. <laughs> With a bow still
1: on the front. Yeah. So and he goes, Oh, well, okay, well I'll have it then. That sounds like quite a good idea. So he took it and it was just covered in muck. He said it was great because it was covered in muck and it was more than a year old. When he drove it back through customs, it was basically a brand new car, but it looked knackered and old. So he just drove it straight into the UK, it was all fine. Hasn't Derek still got a, 924 he's got a nine two four G T. Yeah, ninety four Carrera he's got A Carrera, that, yeah. Yeah, that he's had from new. Yeah, yeah, he's got one of those. So um, I thought that was, 928 was a was a really interesting car. I know it didn't sell, but um, I'd go back and have a look at that. Wow, fascinating. And then that white 911 Turbo as well. In fact, weirdly, the guy that I now realize that I've met the guy that owns that, and I had a meeting with him in this very pub car park. You did? Well, the, funny, I,
0: the, the car is 500 meters from here.
1: Is it? Yeah. Yeah, I met him here, and uh, he turned up in it. And yeah. I remember thinking, God, that's a nice car. Yeah. That for for me, that's... no wonder he chose to meet here. The bathroom. He told me it was halfway between my house and his house. You know who you are. You juked me. I drove a hundred miles.
0: That you know that for me, that that is exactly the type of car we want. You know, the guy's owned it for best part of twelve years, yeah. used it, enjoyed it, invested in it, um, and now he's ready to sell it. And he's pretty open-minded about price, and it's a great car. Been looked
1: after, ready to be enjoyed by the next owner for twelve years. Um, right, your buying history is obviously interesting because you've been a motor trader for a long time, so you've bought hundreds of cars, not necessarily owned them yourself, but I used to love seeing Ober back in the day and seeing what absolute nonsense he'd gone and bought because he's, he's, he's always, let's say, had a a good pair of spuds on him he's willing to go for quite risky deals because you know if the, if the risk is high then the reward can be even higher can't it? but the flip side of course is that <laughs> sometimes it doesn't always pay off I, I remember the bmw b5 that was my favorite the alpina b5 that when you're working at love bristol bmw dealership and i came in one day and there was this it was a sort of gunmetal gray color wasn't it it
0: was we uh, back in the day we were alpina dealers and um an, uh, another BMW group were the importer and we lost the ability to distribute Alpinas, I seem to remember we sold you and your mother yeah. quite a few cars You know, we, <laughs> we didn't sell many of them that, that Alpinas still don't make many cars but when we couldn't and the B5 came out which was this super Charged monster yeah um i thought i've got to buy one (laughs) and i went and bought one at sort of five grand off list which i thought i'd nicked it which i I needed to actually buy at 35 grand off off list and uh, i think i went to pick it up and uh the the supercharger blew (laughs) on the way back to the dealership (laughs) so it was a bit like Derek bell's nine to eight sat in the car park for about a year
1: waiting for parts it was there a long time wasn't it it was it cast a shadow um, and the other one, some you of your stories. I love the one about the going to auction and buying the X5. Yeah, well, so...
0: Uh, <laughs> we, we, it's classic modern <laughs> trader territory. BMW have their uh, closed auctions to the, to the trade every month. And uh, you sort of hang around outside drinking a cup of tea in a polystyrene cup with 15 sugars in it. And every now and then you sort of go in and out of the auction hall where the where the cars are stored, and then where, where the auctioneer is. And I and I rolled in there, and there was an X5 about to be hammered down for eighteen grand. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. Oh my god, that's cheap! Put 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 my hand up uh, and bought it, and uh, it sold to you. And I was like, well, result?" Went over and looked, and the fucking thing was a manual, <laughs> which is almost the 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 most impossible car—a four-wheel drive X5 manual. Anyway, that at the end of the auction, you 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 go and check out and pay your bill, get them on a transporter, and get them back to to Bristol, and the car was being reversed off uh, the transporter and I was sort of wanting to hide it around the back with the B5 that was probably still there so no one could see it and find <laughs> out what I've done. And some some bloke randomly was stood there. was like, oh, I quite like that one. What's that? And uh, the salesman was like, oh, that's a manual uh, X5. Very rare, sir. Very, very, rare. Very, very rare. <laughs> Bought it. <laughs> I'm not sure all four wheels weren't off the transporter
1: yet and we had a deal. I slept quite well that night. Blimey. I I I I think the motor trade for me is one of the most colourful environments. Uh, I love the stories. I, I I almost prefer motor trade stories to any other type of car story because there's always a there's always a bit of naughtiness. I mean, we know that it's a it can be a shady game. But I just I love the way people flip things. I love the language of the motor trade as well. I just you know some of the some of the phrases that get used. You know when someone's trying to sell you something and they'll, oh it's showing a bit of leg or something. Like <laughs> this, all this sort of stuff. I just think it, uh, I completely adore it. And the old school motor trader with his briefcase in his checkbook. Yeah. And I just I just I I think it's wonderful. And sadly the we're talking about you, Duncan Watts. Yeah. Sorry, Watto. Um. And uh, I just. I think the world's changing, sadly, and I'm going to miss those characters. It is. I
0: I had to ask someone the other day um, if Glass's Guide still exists. I don't think it does. It's all online. So now your average car sales manager, when he needs to value a car, doesn't use his head. He just types into the registration and the mileage into a keyboard and it says it's worth 15,350 quid. And that's that. Then that's
1: up. But for the stuff, for the top end stuff, which you now specialise in a bit more, international collectibles, do you... I mean, there isn't a book, is there? No, it's just not. A what you've paid for it. You need, you know, you need to earn a living out of it. So you've got to make a margin on it. That's the whole point. Yeah. And then, and it's just that your finger in the air. Is it
0: really? I I think to a certain degree it isn't. Especially in this market, you know, you you can go on and look at the variety of websites that are around the world or around Europe and and look for comparables. But what you really need to do is make sure you're looking at these websites day in day out because if you just go on to take a snapshot of what the market's doing today. If yeah. you've been on there every day for the last 12 months, you'll know that most of those cars have been there for 12 months' time. And the, unfortunately, the, you know the owners look at these same websites to get an idea of what their car's worth, and they automatically think their car is worth the same, if not more, than another one that's advertised, but because they haven't been looking at it day in, day out for twelve months, they, they don't, don't rea- have a full picture. No, they don't have a full picture, no. and, uh, and 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 that's where you know dealers get a shady reputation. You know, for cars a million quid, and I bid six hundred grand. You know, they just think I'm trying to make four hundred grand. Well, I'm not. <laughs> you know, we, we we work on slim margins
1: in the motor trade. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the market is really interesting at the moment. It, you could argue that it's a bit of a bloodbath and those situations can be viewed one or two ways. It's either time to consolidate, knuckle down and just not worry or there's opportunities. So what do you, what do you think at the moment and specifically what, what cars interest you? What cars make you think I can still move those. I still interested in those.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I still get offered like many dealers, uh, from brokers and from, from owners, you know, it, I've got a GT3 RS turning up, and you know, I, I, I'd take 25 over for it if you want it. You know, th- those those types of cars, pistas, all that sort of stuff. They're all brilliant cars, but the moment you get into a conversation with someone wanting overs, I just lose interest. I just yeah. and, and and that's actually affected how I look at modern cars. You know, brand new cars in general at the moment. I I, I sort of isn't
1: there just too much new, swanky, very fast metal out there?
0: I think there is. I think there is, and you know, people don't know what to own, and they're sort of constantly looking around for for ideas. So,
1: one car, you got you got to buy one car to use for a year. You're going to do it's holidays, so You're going to do four, or five thousand miles in it, and you're buying it to enjoy driving it, and but also to not lose the shirt off your back. And your budget's. Couple hundred grand. I know that sounds blasé, and we're we're in rarefied territory. But we've done lots about two CVs, so we'll yeah. go back to those.
0: Well, so I'm going to give you a few answers in varying ages, because there's a car I'm looking at buying at the moment, and I, and I can't help myself but think that's great value for money, and that's a 996 GT2. Yeah. You know, that, that's a car with the, the no traction. or the second gen? Uh, first gen, yeah. no traction control, ceramic brakes. You know, I, I always remember taking those cars out for a test drive. And I even think you went out for one with us in a midnight blue. Yeah. And, and I seem to remember, I, I, I think you were with Matthew at the time. And you came back and uh, I think you were even
1: a bit white. I went out in a midnight blue one with Matthew Beard from Porsche Swindon. No TC, no nothing. And it had the original... Michelin Pilot Sport tyre on it which was just rock hard and fairly useless and it was a bit greasy third I think it was third gear on the standard Dick Lovett test route and the thing just, I was just talking to Matthew about the car because I really wanted to buy one and the thing just stepped out on me and it wasn't kind of a, a small one it was a put a, a turn and a half of lock on and then gather it up again and carry on going and Matthew just looked at me and went, what are you doing? <laughs> and I said, jet, nothing the thing wanted to kill you
0: so, that, you know, they're, they're in the range of 100 grand, independent yeah. on mileage, age, spec, etc., etc. Not many of them. Not many of them. You know, whether you're going to buy one for 95 to 130,000 quid, I think that's a brilliant car. Yeah. And it's a car, when you get into, you've got to behave and you've got to respect what you're driving. And I like that because most of the modern kit today, you, you know, you don't even know, need to know how to drive and you'll be all right. Yeah. Um, so I think, th- I think that's a good car.
1: That's a good shout. Yeah.
0: I, you know, I think the with the hype out of um gen 1 and gen 2 991 gt3s they've sort of settled down now i think you could go and buy a gen 2 gt3 for 130 ish grand i think that's going to look after you pretty well financially for the for the next 3 years if you go and do so 5000
1: 000- so at the moment it's porsche porsche Por-
0: porsche 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 what? yeah <laughs> what else would i want to buy i am you know i i don't do the car. I take I one car. I did drive. I went to uh, a track day at Goodwood yesterday, and I drove the new V8 Vantage. Um, now, there's lots of deals on them. One of those specked up is like 150 grand. Yeah. You go and buy one for 100 grand. I thought that was a brilliant car. Yeah, I, for the money. It's yeah.
1: a bit complicated looking at the rear, but but,
0: but, but it was a, it was just fundamental. Just the way it drove. It yeah. was It was a good car. It, yeah. may, it had a special feel to it. I I, I like that car. And you asked. Is there some opportunity out there? I think there is. You know, you can go and bid a dealer, get a deal, um, and you can probably own that car now for the next two or three years without heavy
1: depreciation. Yeah, those those GT2s, they were great. I, I owned a 996 GT2 in slate grey. I loved it. It was a fantastic machine, but it was... It no, sorry, was,
0: did I say 996? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah.
1: yeah. I, I did own one. I, I loved it. It was a, a really, really good, fun car to own. Yeah, I sort miss that. I'd, I'd, I'd love to have another go in on one of those. There's some great stories on the launch of that car, which are, which are not entirely repeatable. But the um, for whatever reason, they launched the car near Venice. I mean, can you think of anywhere more ridiculous to launch a fast car? Well, just on
0: the flats somewhere.
1: Just there was some flat land nearby, but uh, you know, it's ridiculous. It's like launching a you know, like launching a bar of chocolate in a furnace. It's just ridiculous <laughs> place to go. So for whatever reason, everyone was dragged out there. And I think you know this, the 996 GT2 was a really fast car relative to everything else that was out there at the time, um, and it had 462 horsepower. That's about right. Uh, the first gen car, so it was it was a you know a tidy power, tidy lump above a a standard 911 turbo 996. I think it was 420, wasn't it? it As a standard, and it was two wheel drive, and it it was just. Very fast, and no traction control, but no traction control. Anyhow, all the journalists went out and started going really fast. It was Italy, a bit of autostrada, off we go. Anyhow, let's just say one British motoring journalist returned from his original sort of test route to be followed by 14 (laughs) Carabinieri dressed ludicrously, (laughs) seriously angry and shouting because he'd been got on a radar gun it was over it was north of 180 he was caught miles an hour not (laughs) kilometres so it was like you know 280, 290 clicks he was caught and of course all the cars I think were the same colour they all had pretty similar number plates so they just it was a bit like being in a you know smoking the bandit drove in parked the thing up and just ran into the hotel room and hid to this day we know, we know exactly who you are, but um you got away with one there boss because that would have been a, that would have been a double clink I think. The car I drove, or the car that I was exposed to, which I haven't driven it for a while. I just we had one in the studio actually. Um and I thought that's the most underrated car of that type was a 430 scooter rear. I always like Scuderia. That's a good car. Yeah. I, and I just think the people that pay more money for a Challenge Stradale than one of those. I mean, it just it nails a Challenge Stradale on every level. Well, that's
0: actually a good point. Going going back to modern, car, like brand new cars, that you know they're all so bloody good, and they've all got double clutch gearboxes in them. But the 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 Challenge Stradale sounded amazing, and it was quite fun, and it could probably kill you as well. Yeah. But the Scuderia was the first Ferrari with paddles with a really good gearbox yeah. and, and that same character went over to the 599 GTO as well yeah. and, and find they, they're not as good as a double clutch gearbox but they're so much fun.
1: What about 599 GTBs? They're suddenly f- for me is a great looking v You'll find Ferrari. one of those uh,
0: Chris on yep. collectingcars.com There is one at the
1: moment it's sort of a black one with a jewel-coloured burgundy style, uh, yeah, but uh, it?
0: Bordeaux and uh, and black Alcantara inside. But you know that they're good value for money now. Yeah, that, you, uh, you think we'd sold a? Um, the, these aren't plugs, I promise you. But we sold a five fifty Marinello the other day, left hand drive. Um, done well, a few. Sounds like a plug to me. Yeah, yeah done a few miles, but it, it, it sold for all up. It sold for about other oh, auction
1: sites are available. Yeah,
0: sixty-five thousand pounds. What's a five-seven-five is sort of seventy 000 or eighty thousand yeah, pounds. But
1: why is that? They don't drive. No, as but well.
0: a five-nine-nine is is going to be
1: it's a hundred grand. I know. For the money, that's a that's a
0: expensive. that's a lot. No, but that's a lot of. If you got into a five-nine-nine for hundred to one hundred and twenty grand, that can't be a painful ownership for the next five years that's not going to be a 50 grand car in five years time
1: well do we do we know that i mean the the changing the changing landscape of petrol powered cars is is it's it's happening quickly it does worry me i have to say so i think five years maybe i'm not sure beyond that what if you can't buy fuel for it or you're not allowed to drive down a certain road in the uk or just put some
0: tesla batteries and that'll be alright, wouldn't it god we've tried that also this season (laughs)
1: um so further down the price range at the moment i have to say that the car that that i i can't stop looking at the, the few that are available for sale as the, the laupine a110 i just think that is a that is a have you driven one yet
0: uh i haven't and are they they're winking at me they are they, and they Tell just you. launched a hot one yesterday didn't yeah they? the s was launched yeah. yesterday
1: but i i have to say i'm not the s doesn't really interest me because the, the one thing that I, I don't want of that car is it to be any faster so what power has the s got I think it's 280 odd now, is it? With with bone suspension, or is it? I think sec- it's. I think they've stiffened it all. Yeah. And uh, and I think you have the same torque output as the standard car because I think it's got that little Getrag dual clutch which can't take any more torque. Yeah. So you get power rather than torque, I presume, faster shifts and all that's more excitement. But I'd, for me, that's not what the car's about. Uh, the standard car is utterly gorgeous. It's the only car that, I, in the time that I was running a touring GT3 every day, the Alpine was the only car I thought I could trade my touring in. Place. And what gearbox has it got in it? It's just a dual clutch, isn't it? A little seven-speed dual clutch gearbox. Well, this
0: is a plug, but if you come back onto the website next week, there will be a new Alpine for sale. Oh, will there? Alpine. Alpine. There you go. We can even pronounce
1: it. Can you stop plugging the flipping website, please? no, No, you
0: don't. I will. Unbelievable. Oh, You're they're, talking they're... about Alpines. I need to sort of say, you know, Still what... what, 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 what well, it looks like I teed it up, doesn't I, it? I was saying to the team uh, yesterday, I said, you know, we, we there are cars we're going to offer that are not going to sell. There are cars we're going to offer that are going to sell. There are some cars that are going to do really well. There are some cars that are not going to do very well. But in these first few months, we want to offer all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Number plates, wheels, new cars, old cars, expensive cars, cheap cars, and just try and find out what people like.
1: So... At the moment of your inventory, what's the thing you'd like to sell most and fastest? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices.
0: ligier uh, <laughs> it ends in two hours does it but yeah. so by the time you're listening to this uh, it's <laughs> yeah, a bit too it, bloody late gone. <laughs> yeah no i don't look we don't own the cars there we'd love to sell them all um but we'll only sell them if uh, there are proper bidders on there uh we, we the, the, the the rate of interest is pretty impressive we're getting 50 new users a day at the moment um and we're getting great bidding
1: Right, we'll leave the, the plug a there. So that was the, the first part of this particular podcast from a car park in Wiltshire. This is Chris Harris and Edward Lovett checking out. Go and have a cup of tea. We'll be back soon. We'll have a pint. Collecting Cars. The safe, smart and simple way to buy and sell collectible cars. An online auction platform for the UK and Europe. Follow us on Instagram at CollectingCars and also CollectingCars.com. The CollectingCars.com podcast with Chris Harris and Edward Lovett. Hello and welcome back to the Collecting Cars podcast with myself, Chris Harris and Edward Lovett. That's at Edward Lovett on Twitter and I'm at Harris Monkey. Um, so we'll be topical for a minute here now. You might have seen recently, in fact yesterday, a video of a McLaren Speedtail development car on fire on a forecourt. Now, I want to start out by saying I'm not here to gloat about this a at petrol all. This is A petrol forecourt. It's a petrol forecourt, yeah. Um, I'm not here to gloat at all because these things happen. But I, I'm fascinated, first of all, by the sort of... There seems to be a lot of immolation going on around McLarens at the moment, which isn't great. Um, and I'm a huge McLaren fan. Um, but also, having having your test cars out in public where these things can happen because i think the first thing i have to say is if the general public knew how many test cars actually go up in flames and every manufacturer has it happen they'd be they probably wouldn't be very happy but the reason is that they go up in flames whilst they're being tested so they don't go up in flames when you own them you know that's that's what happens but but it wasn't it wasn't a great look was it seeing a speed tail on fire did it drive home it didn't look like it completed the journey. No, no, <laughs> no. 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 So uh, I th- it's,
0: it's. You know, they're, 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 you're right. You know, the test cars. That's the whole point of of uh, getting these bugs out. But you know, have, having it on the having it on the street after what's happened with some some is a is a little scary.
1: How many centres have gone up
0: uh, in value or in flames? <laughs> well, I think we know the answer to <laughs> the first one.
1: Uh, but uh, there's been only a couple. Of only only,
0: only only a couple. Yeah. But, of, there might be insurance jobs. I don't
1: forget that the first, you know, the first GT3 991 engine failure was a that was a uh, a total loss. Yeah, I think,
0: I think some 458s uh, yeah, early days went went did. up in flames.
1: Yeah. So I think they, you know, they all have their fair share of problems. But again, in this day and age, you you can't keep that secret. Um, you know, the, the original McLaren F1s, something they've got bin, didn't they? But the, but there weren't any internet cameras around to catch them. Are so. you
0: sure this film wasn't from sort of Johnny English 10 they were filming or something like that? Could be. Do
1: you think John, <laughs> do, you th- do you think? Johnny English would drive a speed tail?
0: Uh, well, I think, considering who the actor is, he, he
1: might. This is the thing about the speed tail. I think it's a great-looking device, and I love the moving, sort of natural moving aerodynamic surfaces the way that air pressure forces its way onto the bodywork and those things, those sort of little wings flip up. I I love all of that. I think I I love the concept of this vehicle that's designed for going long distances at high speed. But I don't know where you do it because you can't do it in Europe anymore. I'd love to be able to just get in my car and drive to Cannes from here, an average 184 miles now all the way there. Nothing can be greater. Well, there's one.
0: I think what Max told you about one road on the, in uh, the, from the Aosta Valley to uh, to Milan. But no, no, there's not many places you can do it. You certainly wouldn't want to. So pop into France and so it, you'll be arrested.
1: It's a bit. It's a bit like it's a car without a purpose, which is sad. And I don't think it's the car's fault that there is no longer a purpose for it. It's just the the, the changing ways of our road networks in in this continent that there isn't anywhere to go and use it. So, so, conceptually, I, I slightly struggle with it. So, what, what,
0: with with the cost of it, if you were going to spend two and a half million quid on a McLaren, is that what it is? I think it is. I
1: think it is. Crikey! Um, okay. What, what would, what would you, they build for you? I'm funny with McLaren at the moment. I mean, I, I, I have a very, very particular view on the cars of theirs that I that I like. The cars of theirs that I like are in my top fives. I mean, they are peerless as motor cars. So the 720S is the best all-round supercar on the planet. And if anyone tells me otherwise, then I don't agree with them. It just, it smokes every other supercar for the way that it goes in a straight line, the way it handles, the way it brakes, just the breadth of its abilities. You you, you get out of a 5 Series, and a 720S rides better, and yet you start attacking a road in it, and it's got more support than a, 488. It's just a, it, it's a freakish all rounder. It's so good. 600 LT has a sense of fun about it that that really is endearing That's a kind of. I like that. It's a it's a good looking package. It's that car. a Proper little car, and it's and it's it's got a sort of effervescence. It's like a really keen Labrador. You know, you wake up in the morning, and the thing's at you, and wants to go and have. And fun go,
0: going back to what you were saying earlier on opportunity, that car you can buy well today. Yeah, and I think, think that will look after you. Yeah.
1: No, they they're really good news. um and then i think 5 uh, so i think from the from the back half, like I still th- I still think 675lt is a, st- a stunning looking car and a great execution and i think that signalled a big change in the mclaren ethos they went from being spreadsheet sports cars that just boasted about how how good they were at doing stuff to having a sense of fun um and, and so, I, so I love the, those. So the LT version of the uh, of the 720? Yes, that's coming soon, isn't it? Yeah. And I've not seen it yet. Um, but I'm sure that will be a corker. And actually, do you know what? Far more appealing to me than the Senna. As, you know, I'm well publicised. well publicized i do not really get the Senna. Because um, I don't see the point in a track car that's not that fast on a track and is largely unusable on the road. Has a tiny fuel tank and you look like a complete knob in it. I, I don't... You know, that's not for me. Um, Edward, have, Edward has one for sale, if you'd like one. Um, uh, but I... Um, I think some of the other cars are quite confusing. Like this GT, I don't really get that. You know, that's just a five. Uh, that's a 570 GT. But they, they've rebodied. dropped. They've dropped the 570 now. Well, they? I think they're largely the same car. Um, but, but you know, McLaren's perennial problem is it. it kind of makes one car. It, yeah. You know, it's got. It's it's a twist on a the theme, but it's you know what it, it's a bar that sells gin and tonic, and it's got lot. You know, you can have a. You can have a funky gin that's got you know juniper berries in it, or and, and a slice of grapefruit or a slice of cucumber. But ultimately, you're buying a gin and tonic. It's the same thing, isn't it? And, and and actually, it's still a brilliant basis. But they don't have the diversity of platform, and so that so that you get this. In all fairness, you
0: would be spitting
1: blood when they uh,
0: announce that they're making a new SUV well, to, I'm not sure to I... rival Aston Martin and Ferrari. Yeah, attempt. I'm not sure.
1: I think I'm over that now. I think I see that the reality of these car companies is they've got to make. SUVs to survive, so I, I see or, or that. Or they make less cars, less
0: money, and fewer, just fewer fe- sorry, few, fewer cars, fewer money. Yeah, <laughs> fewer, <laughs> fewer, fewer monies. This is George. I could
1: a the Uganda monies. Um, no, I think um, I think it's a it's a tough time for McLaren in because it's got too many cars. I think it's just too many models. It's a complicated complicated scene over there, but. And I've been getting a bit of grief recently people saying I'm being too hard on them. Look, at the end of the day, the 720S is the best supercar you can buy. So I I can't be that down on them if 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 I'm reaching those conclusions. But there are some cars they make that I I don't really understand. And I I hate to say it, the speed tail's slightly in in that category for me. And when it comes to long-distance GT cars, it's interesting that that there's one area of, of... of being a Gran Turismo, of being long distance, that's that for me is patently obvious. What you need to do it, and so few cars deliver it. You need a massive fuel tank. Yeah. So I'm running a DBS at the moment, which I do think is the best big GT sort of super coupe that I've ever used. It's it's massive. It has presence. It's hugely fast. It's very comfortable. It's very relaxing, and it's got that it's got that very long legged feel. when you're up in the in the top gears. And you're travelling at speed; it lopes along. It's got that lovely long-legged feel, but its, it's fuel tanks just not big enough. No, I, I had to come What's back. What's the range? Well, I had to come back from the Nurburgring at speed a few Sundays ago, and I I I got to Calais. I, I couldn't get all the way back into the UK from the Nurburgring. So it's doing, you know, if you're going at a decent lick, it's doing 220, 230 miles on a tank. Mm. Now. I've always felt that the, the fuel tank size on a GT car should be adjacent to the size of the male bladder or the female bladder. Um, but it's mostly blokes that are stupid enough to buy and drive these things, isn't it? But but ultimately, I don't want to have to stop to fill the car's bladder unless I need to empty my own bladder, right? <laughs> and I've got a camel's bladder. So, I, you know, I quite I – quite, I, I don't see why – you know, the packaging disaster that is a modern car – why can't have a bigger fuel tank? The DBS is a vast machine. If you look at it, it's huge. It's got a massive wheelbase. It's got this tiny fuel tank. The Senna's fuel tank. Oh, what's that? Fifty something liters, is it? Well, it's a track
0: car. It doesn't matter, does it?
1: Well, it does, because then you can only do three laps, can't you?
0: Yeah, but luckily every 50 uh, miles you'll have to stop and fill up, and then that's when you put the fire out.
1: Has yours got steady on? That's uh, we're not going there. Has yours got the um, drink system in it? Uh no that's four and a half grand isn't it the drink system it is literally just a button and a, some water there you go tube button go four grand tar <laughs> so um, I think the DBS is the sort of the definitive GT car and I think something of, something about front engined cars that suit that role for me uh, the idea of a mid engined low to the ground GT car is a bit of an anathema really um, 612 Scalietti Going Damn. back to
0: cars to buy. They?
1: Cool. Yeah, I miss mine. That was um buy
0: a late one to one with a glass roof. Yeah. Um H G T C
1: package. I wouldn't have that because that wrecks the suspension, it goes too firm. But um but the yes, the the six twelve I I've had one of those off you, didn't I? Yeah. I, I think had a you black six twelve yeah, yeah. off you. It had a it always had a slow puncture mine. And um I oh know we planned that, to but keep, the, to keep but, you coming back. But the tire was so I've I've had it off of you I'm not sure did I tr- was it a trader or was it was sort of one of the in between deals, wasn't it? One of those shady deals that we would do. <laughs> so I bought it, and it wasn't you know fully prepped, but it had the warranty on it. Um, and I was I I was it was the Drivers Republic days. This was it was going back a long time, and I can remember it had this. The left rear tire was just a bit sketchy it would just go down if I parked the car in a car park but if I drove the car it was fine so it must have been that it wasn't the tire wasn't sealed on the rim very well or perhaps the rim had cracked or there was a little leak somewhere anyhow the car was fine at that point in time and you'll find this laughable because I had a Ferrari 612 I was a bit skint so I was you know somehow paying off the finance on this thing but didn't have much folding to pay for anything so my solution was I don't want to buy a new tire at 300 quid and I'm not going to blag one and this tire will do and also, I think a bit of perseverance here. I felt that I ought to, I could make this tyre last. And you know how you, you find yourself doing things to solve situations that you think are entirely rational. It's only when someone else sees you doing it that you realise that you look like a mad person. So what I did was, I had an old foot pump from my late father's house. And you know when a foot pump's gone a bit crabby and the cage the chassis is a bit bent <laughs> and it's sort of when you push down on it it doesn't quite it's just a bit knackered it doesn't pump anything so, so i had one, it was pumping but it was a bit frayed and the, the whole chassis the thing was bent so what i used to do was I used to park the car at the airport when i come back it was obviously the tire had gone flat so i'd get the pump foot pump out and i'd pump the tire up myself and i would get going again and i i'd landed at heathrow I remember <laughs> randomly a friend or a colleague Saw my car and saw me walk towards it confidently, get a foot pump out, start pumping the tire up with this crappy old foot (laughs) pump then get back in again and drive off. And he phoned me and said, are you all right? Because you look like a mad person. How long have you been doing that for? And I said, oh, it's been like that for a few months. Tire's fine. Have you considered just buying another tire? Well, not really. there's plenty of life left in this one. And they said, no, "You, you, you really don't. Just not a good look, Chris. You just look <laughs> like a bag lady with a Ferrari." I was like, okay. Anyhow, I, I think in the end, I did. Do you know what? I think in the end, I parked the car at Porsche Reading to go and borrow one of their cars. And when I came back, they'd fitted a new tyre to it because they cause they, <laughs> they, were, they felt so sorry for me. So, they- so was it the tyre or the wheel? I think it was the wheel. I think that tyre went down as well. <laughs> that was a really good car. I mean, it had a few issues with it. On um, that was an aeroplane. Got, got the electric sunroof open on the E28. It's just made for podcasting this car. Um, uh, I think the I had a few warranty claims. An ECU went. It didn't. What it didn't like that era of Ferrari was still very black box heavy. It had too many control units in it, and of course the engine from that was based. It was the the old ferrari v12 it was the one out of the 575 yeah whereas the 599 bought in the new v12 i can't remember their exact names it's probably called the you know frangitelli or something i don't know if it has a particular name It's the bloke that designed it anyhow so it was the old 550 it was a 456 550 575 engine taken to its ultimate conclusion but what it didn't like it was a bit frail electrically and if you if you at the wrong moment plugged in a uh, into the fag lighter a phone charger it would fr- stuff would fry <laughs> and so I I remember just sort of speaking to the one of your people in the workshop and then and I could I had a, the, the the dashboard had done a full Christmas tree and he'd said so what, what have you done and I said well, nothing I just not got wet or anything he said oh did you use the did you plug something into the fag lighter and went, yeah he went oh that'll be it no. I said what <laughs> 200 grand <laughs> I'm just plugged in plugged in something into the fag lighter and I've fried its brain so that we had that happen. And then I loved the car. I loved the concept of it. In many ways, it'll be judged. I mean, the FF is a more complete vehicle, but I think it'll be judged more kindly than the FF because it, it was so comfortable. Yeah, but I, so I think it's, it's, a,
0: it's, a very, it's a pretty Ferrari as well.
1: But when it was launched, everyone
0: laughed at it and said it looked terrible. Yeah, I, I always liked it. I, I think uh, it, it's funny, but it, that, that was also back in the day. You know, you had a, if you had a silver one, I remember when I um, first started running the Ferrari showroom, And we had two manual 4.30 uh, coupes with both of them had four or five owners on and 6,000 miles. And we could not sell them for love nor money. And we also had a silver manual um, 6.12. And you just couldn't sell it. If it was red or black, we would have sold it. And if the um, two four thirties were F one, we would have sold them now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those are the ones you can sell. Yeah, yeah.
1: No, a manual. I was offered a manual six twelve not long ago, and I have to say, I just thought, oh, that would be a lovely car. But they've gone through the roof now, haven't they? They're they're unobtainium. Um, but but a great car, and surprisingly roomy in the rear. But, but the boot was too small. So yeah. you, could, you, you could convince yourself that you could go away in it with your kids and what have you, and then you look, there's no way you're getting anything in the boot. I looked into trying and put a roof rack on mine, but I just I just didn't fancy it. I thought I'd just called myself more problems. But it was mighty fast. And we did a story for Autocar, actually, where four of us took the press car, which was silver. Silver was the wrong colour because it just it looked so big. It, it did. It did. Um, and we, as myself. Bill Thomas, if you're listening to this, Bill in Australia, great lad. I think he works for Hyundai now. Um, and Charlie, Ch- Chaz Hallett, he was the editor. <coughs> and excuse me. And I think Charlie McGee, who was a photographer. And the four of us went to drive across the Millau Bridge. Have you been across the yep. Millau Bridge? It was the, just completed it. Um, it was one. It was then the, the tallest standing bridge in the world. I think it's now been overtaken by a Chinese structure, but it's still it, drive across. It's like taking off into 737, it's a remarkable bridge. And we thought the uh, to celebrate the GT credentials of this Ferrari, we'd drive there and back. And we literally got there, took a photo, went bridge, drove back again. It was <laughs> a standard, <laughs> random thing to do back in the day. Um, but the way back, it was you know, we drove back through the night, and it was the car, the car had real legs. And what's interesting about GT cars is that sports cars. You know their operating, their operating range is really track speeds. You know when you get beyond about one fifty, you know, and I'm not, I'm not condoning of this on the road at all. You go, you go to a runway, you'll feel it. You Get to one fifty, they're kind of done. They've got so much wing on them. You know they just get, they've got downforce and they've got drag everywhere. Whereas the six twelve is basically a bar of soap with a V twelve in it, and it just seems to accrue cruise speed. And you, know, you get to one fifty and you back off and the thing doesn't slow down. Yeah. It just seems it's like it just has so much reserve of speed and incredible directional stability as well, that car. it was it was the first big Ferrari I'd driven that really was a sort of two fingers on the steering wheel at 175 miles an hour. It was just a weapon, really fast. And that V12
0: sounded... Would a Bentley Brooklands be comparable no, in,
1: in its... No, a Bentley Brooklands would be, you know... That's a bit of at Bentley, brother. I love them. I think they're gorgeous, but but it, but as a machine to cover ground at speed, I, there's very few things that can stay with a six twelve because it's so slippery. It, it's got you know very little frontal area really, and then just it's so long. I just remember looking at the speedometer, thinking, "Oh my god, it's still going." <laughs> um, on on obviously on the on the track, not on the road. We were very sensible on the road. Um, you've got you've whetted my appetite. I could have a go at one of those now. But I, I come come back to it. The Scuderia. I think they're great cars. I really do. That's like one of those could wink at me. But I'm, I'm, I don't know about you, but I go through phases with my, with, with cars. What I'm interested in at the moment, I've just got no interest in really expensive cars. I'm a bit, I'm a bit done with it. Yeah. I just, I think the market's changing so quickly. I think it's so uncertain. I think the wrong people are buying the wrong cars for the wrong reasons and probably for the wrong money. And I just don't want to be a part of it. And, and, and this sounds awful. And it's, it's, it's a, it's partly a dig. But it's also just partly an observation. I think that I think the modern influencer environment is very successful, and I do admire these people, the the, the, the the audiences they've garnered. But but they have to understand this this whole buying a new car every other day. It, it kind of specialises the whole process of owning a car. If, if you've saved up for a long time to go and buy a new toy. This seems the whole process has just been demeaned now. There's nothing special about no, it. That's fair. That's so, so, clear. so, I, I'm, I'm not really into it. What's really, what really gets me at the moment is sort of E3325i Sports in Dolphin Grey. You know, the, with the facelift one, with the, with the, with the slightly curvy rear spoiler. One of those with the optional slippy diff. I know they're now. Chris
0: isn't a trendsetter, by the way, so no, don't feel the need no, to follow him. No,
1: normally, normally you can do the opposite and do well with me. <laughs> um, so those are the sorts of cars that really interest me at the moment. I just, I, you know, I'm definitely being influenced by the fact that I've spent some time driving an old BMW, and I'm, I've, I've the, the, joy of driving the machine makes me realise that to, to spend a week in this thing and do a thousand miles as I have done, I've had so much more fun than if I'd been in a four eighty eight. I really have. I've, you know, I've been, I've been, I haven't been troubling the speed limit anything like you would in the Ferrari. I've got a manual gearbox. I've got three pedals. I've got so many buttons in here to play with that every journey is a joy, and it makes me smile. I, 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 I think it's um, it's more than the sum of its parts, and I, some of some, the top end of the market for whatever reason. I've, I've tried to express it there. At the moment, it's cyclical. I'll be back into it again at some point, but right now. I'm kind of off it.
0: Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't really know what to say. You know, I. I, I don't. Uh, you know, I've got just had a our third child. We drive a G wagon. You know, that that's our family car. Any anything sporty, I can't fit the whole crew in, so we just
1: don't use it. Uh, I mean, it's a brave decision because I mean, most people that like cars would never go for the third child, would because you know you preclude, you know, most fast saloon cars. Uh, that is true. And I don't really have a response to that at this time. <laughs> I'm sure, well, congratulations! I'm sure he's absolutely glorious. Um, so no, that, so that's I think I think that's reaching a natural conclusion there. We've had a, a good you sh- gas. You don't need any more plugs. No, no. I think we've I think we've plugged um, collecting cars a bit. Um, and I think uh, I think you've done a great job. I really do. I sit back and watch it with a sense of wonder, and I, I look forward to seeing what stuff's coming up. This this Alpine will be interesting. I'll I've, I've definitely keep my fingers from. We've Maybe also got no. a classic Alpine coming up. Have as well. you? We do. Have you? Yeah. So and, and and, and do you know what? And I'll, I'll say this now. We've agreed I'm going to auction one of my cars soon as well. I don't know what it's going to be yet, but one of my cars will appear, I think, in the next three or four weeks on collecting cars because I've got to have a bit of a clear out. I've got too much old rubbish. Uh, and obviously, I'll just be making way for more old rubbish. But it might be time to have a spring clean. So um, thank you to Edward for can sitting you, uh, in the car park with me. Can you drop me
0: back up the motorway now before it yeah. starts raining? Because we'll I'm go- not sure I trust you in this car. No, we'll go and do that right now. Yeah. And,
1: uh, and so, so that's about it from us. Um, it's goodbye from the Wiltshire Car Park in an E28 M5. Uh, once more, it's at Collecting Cars, at Edward Lovett, at Harris Monkey. Have a great day, whatever you're doing, and we'll welcome you back soon. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you very much. Bye for now.
1: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50